All right, JK, how are you doing? Doing okay. So I'm very excited about week three and this week in games, Twig 3. And And um, I I know we've had a little bit of a a, um, delay in in recording this. So apologies to the listeners out there. Um, You've been on vacation and uh, I've been on a business trip. But yeah, let's I'm excited to get this done, though. And it's 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 not lack of trying. Like we tried (laughs) to record this yesterday and we were just because because of the bad Internet connection. It was middle of the night where you were. And it was it was just. So, so we definitely have the conviction, but things just didn't go our way yesterday. But we are here and we are here with some amazing topics. So let me go through the topics and you can choose where do we start. So number one uh, is the Supercell Clash Royale plunders $2 billion in revenues in just over two years. This is from Pocket Gamer Biz. Uh, number two of the topics is Konami announcing Super Smash Bro. Um, that's from Mobile Syrup. And then we have number four is Apple featuring Super Evil, uh, Super Evil Megacorp's Vainglory in Unleashed video touting mobile gaming. This was on VentureBeat. And number four, Battle Royale hit Fortnite may bypass Google Play for Android release. JK, where do we kick it off? Yeah, let's 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 start from the top with uh, with Clash Royale and just you know, the, the amazing amount of money that uh, this game has, has generated over the past two years. Um, I know it's my favorite game. I, I think it's yours as well. But yeah, let's 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 dive in there. Yeah. So so we're trying to always kind of look behind the news. I mean, I mean, kind of like dive deeper. And as you said, it's it's well, it's definitely my favorite mobile game ever. I have a hate love relationship with it. I've uninstalled it. Um at the moment, more times than I have installed it, <laughs> but uh, but it's definitely a high number for both. Um, and and during these, I mean, during the time they have been doing some amazing things. They've been adding new content, and even looking at the last six months, there's there's new content in terms of arena tiers. There's new cards, snowball rail hogs. There there's there's the quest system. There's the touchdown game mode. There's two v two. There's clan wars, and all the numbers support that that Supercell is doing an amazing job, but. So I start, let me, I, I'm, I'm sorry. One of the feedback is always like I'm ranting too long. So let me throw in a few numbers and then I want to hear your opinion. So sorry, JK. But one of the things that I was, I was looking at, at the numbers throughout this year uh, for, for Clash Royale and kind of like when you look at the top grossing numbers, you see that the game is fluctuating between second or first sometimes to 20th in, in the top grossing US list. But most importantly, when you really aggregate the numbers and you start looking at the trend over the last 12 months, you actually see that the monthly revenue today, this month, is roughly half of what it was a year before. And it's a clear decline, especially after March, which is when Fortnite launched. And there's only a minor bump from their previous giant update, which was the Clan Royale. Clan Wars. And Mishka, what do you think in terms of like yeah. how how much of the decline do you think is attributable to Fortnite versus just, you know, natural decline of a game or people getting kind of, you know, tired of, of, of Clash Royale? Yeah, that's 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 um that's a really good question. And you can clearly see that the Fortnite effect is there and it's most likely for every game. There was a similar type of effect when Pokemon Go launched, so that's not the first time that, that Clash Royale has been hit by a phenomena. But the thing is, when you compare it to Clash of Clans, which is what, six years old at the moment, yeah. that game is actually grossing more than Clash Royale. 
Oh, so well. we're, we're talking about longevity of the game and talking about few of the things that are wrong in the game. And, and, and what you can really see is that, you know, I was trying to look at different numbers, not only the grossing numbers, you kind of look behind that, like, why is the game not performing as well? So you start looking at, you know, what's wrong with it from design perspective. And there's not, there's not a lot of wrong. I mean, it's a $2 billion game. It's a goddamn amazing game. Right. <laughs> but, 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 um, but there are some things that seem to be frustrating players. And I was going kind of through forums, through streamers, what they're saying. And, and, you know, the few elements are that it's all about the league ladder. So there's no sense of progression still. Uh, it's always playing with the same cards because you're being punished whenever you try something new. I mean, you get that with the events. But other than that, it's, it's kind of difficult. It's very aggressive in terms of monetization. I didn't think I would ever say this, but... In the new world of battle passes and then kind of sort of a fair game in like Pokemon Go and, and you know, other ones, it seems like this game is quite aggressive in terms of monetization. And I would argue that it's even more aggressive than Clash of Clans. So that's kind of backfiring a little bit at the moment. And the new massive updates, like, we, you know, we discussed Clan Wars and we discussed, you know, 2v2 and other ones. They actually haven't had that massive of an impact as you would think. And in the end, that kind of causes the game to be a little bit too frustrating. Uh, so that's that's kind of like my takeaway aggregating. I mean, it's, it's for sure for sure it's longer, but but that seems to be the case in terms of game design. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And, and just kind of picking up on two of the points there. So so one in terms of progression, you know, I think one of the um, one of the advantages of Clash Royale is just how simple it is, right? It's just really focused on the core loop and in terms of PvP. Um, you know, I've kind of thought about this myself in terms of like, if you were to try to um, improve Clash Royale by adding like another sort of meta system, whether it's like, you know, hey, you're building a castle or a fort and you're using um, coins that you generate to, to build that up or, or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I kind of get the sense that, that would detract from the game as well. Is, is there another sort of progression system that people are thinking about in, ter- in, in the forums or, or is, is that what they're thinking about? I mean, this is a, this is an excellent question. How would you improve a two billion dollar game? <laughs> it's, it's it's a three billion dollar question. But um, but but one other thing is, I I you know I wrote something down because I w- I was trying to think about like, okay, so how how would you make it better than it is right now? Um, I I think I think there's there's kind of two things that that. I per- if if I would have to you know say two things that would would help to improve this game, I would go with with number one is improving the event structure. So currently the events are the most fun part of the game, yeah. but they're quite harsh. Like you have to actually pay to play more events. So it's not like we've used to in other games when you know RPG games and others like oh it's an event week we're playing. There's an event specific gacha and it's like a big thing that is happening over the time. In Clash Royale, it's more like hey. We have a different game mode. Give it a spin, and after that, pay a dollar every time you want to try it. It's it's very aggressive, and that's not very fun. So I would definitely work around improvements and and sort of updating the event system to concurrent times. Right. And number two, I would focus on the outside of the game in terms of the growth. So you know, esport they have been doing some of the stuff, and you can actually see that that the that when 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 they had the uh, the crown championship world finals in December, 2017, that's when their viewership picked up and, and it was, it was a big thing in, 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 inside of the community, but, but it's, they're not really running that esports very effectively. Uh, they're 
they're you know supercell slow you know very very slowly very methodically but they haven't been moving as fast as as some other players in in the game and and that would lead to sort of a you know live events where you would arrange things and and I would love for Clash Royale to re-engage with those streamers because their streaming numbers are horrendous compared to what they were before. Right. The, Clash Royale is streamed less than Mobile Legends, uh, Bang Bang or whatever it is called. Wow. It's, yeah. So you know, and, and number and and the, we've talked about this before, and and personally, I believe that there's there's kind of a two things that that are affecting this, and naturally, one thing is that there's other games that have come out like uh, Fortnite, even though that's not a big thing on mobile streaming, but it is for other other modes, um, PUBG, and and at the moment, I mean, even Pokemon Go is getting a lot of streamers, so right. so. I think I think that's that's one thing that there's these phenomena games that have come in and they've taken the streamers. But the other thing I I feel this is this is just me um, thinking about this. I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm like a blue belt when it comes to influencer marketing. So 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 bear with me. Uh, and what I think is affecting is that Supercell is very aggressive towards the streamers in a way that if you're not if you're streaming Clash Royale or any Supercell game, you're not allowed to you know kind of stream anything else or not stream anything else but you're not really allowed to promote other games in that specific stream so that takes away you you know a a source of revenue and when you combine that with the declining numbers of clash royale people are leaving the game and they're not that engaged and there's other games and now the streamers are they're shifting ways to other games because they can't promote other games inside those streams so they're relying only on clash royale and crash royale is declining so it's kind of like a double whammy effect and that that incentivized them to, to stream something else and less streaming that means you know less word of mouth less less content out there and and if you go and see um go and search you know clash royale on youtube and you will see a lot of a lot of posts saying like why clash royale is dying why i'm not streaming this anymore and this is coming from their top-notch streamers like some streamers who have been streaming the game since soft launch and they have they're quitting right yeah i would suspect that like just going back to like what you know what what's the biggest issue with the game i i believe that you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the progression like just anecdotally like it feels like a lot of folks that i know will like get to a certain trophy count whether it's like 2700 or 3000 something or for me i'm i'm at like 4000 and then yeah and then you're not making any more progress. And so then your activity starts to drop off. So if they can figure out, and maybe that's just the nature of the game, that's just too hard of a problem to solve. But if there was some other form of progression, whether it's like making 2v2 have some form of progression or something like that, I, I do think they could probably retain more strongly. Um, and then the other point I wanted to just pick out in terms of when, what you were talking about with 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 um, when you were talking about various frustrations is in terms of the monetization like do you think if they were to adopt like some sort of battle pass system and cur- currently they're selling a lot of sort of cosmetics with respect to like you know um, custom like uh, you know sort of emojis or messages that you can send to the other player um, I don't know how effective do you think that would be in clash royale if you you had like a ten dollar battle pass and you can unlock a bunch of like these custom like emoji and messages yeah well then then we're talking about something you know more fundamental because battle pass works only in the seasonal content so basically right, right. Yeah, that's you true, would that's introduce true. everything in a season so supercell has tried something like this and if you open oh, okay. up brawl stars you will see that they have uh sort of a tier like they have a version of this you the more you play during a certain season the more 
rewards you're getting, they don't have a battle pass. They don't try to monetize. It's more like progression mechanic, but they do have um, a sort of a tryout version of this. I personally think that, I mean, like, would you bet your job on it would be the the question. Like, would you change our monetization model to a more seasonal approach? Um, I don't know if that if that's the case because right. there's still the issues with the, with the core game design. I would, I firmly believe that more seasonal approach would be better because it sort of allows to to you know in a way reset your progress and in a way engage you for a certain um, specifics amount of time. You know whether the season lasts for a month or whether it lasts for for a week, but it's still but still something. But but anyways, like like as I said, I, I would still focus more on improving the event structure and focusing on the outside of the, of the game for for growth and and in terms of especially the the influencers, the streamers, and the esport structure. Now, esport kind of being as the um, the culmination of it, not like you know, it's it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing to have people talking about it, and so you can build around the stories of these teams coming out. But most importantly, it's just re-engaging with your streamers and 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 doing more of those live events and. And I mean, I mean, the ones that Hearthstone is doing a lot, you know, when, when they bring people together, like the nearest McDonald's, whatnot, and people play together. So Clash Royale has been doing this, but I, w- I would love them to be more active on that. Yeah, sounds good. All right. That was that was the first one. I mean, we we, we have the target of keeping these in 15 minutes, but we we will never do that. I mean, I just realized <laughs> today that that's a that's a false hope. people have long drives you know what i'm saying (laughs) so like they're listening on their on their commute then uh, maybe they'll appreciate a little longer than 15 minutes (laughs) it's drive and drive back but (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's talk about the uh number two news which is the konami announcing super smash bros sounds Um, good and and maybe i can just uh go over like you know just, just a quick summary of of what that article was about but essentially uh, so Konami announced a crossover mobile fighting game, and it's it's going to feature a lot of uh, manga characters from Shonen Jump, which is like a manga magazine that's very popular in Japan. And so in this game, we're actually going to have some extremely popular anime characters like, you know, Goku from Dragon Ball, Yugi Muto from Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, Luffy from One Piece, and and and. Naruto, which is, you know, um, probably one of the most popular uh, animes ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gameplay is basically going to be very similar to Super Smash Brothers, where uh, four players try to knock one another off of a platform. Mm-hmm. And the initial launch of this game is going to be um, in Japan later this year. No announcement ab- about a U.S. launch yet, but um, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that this comes to the U.S. as well. And for me personally, this this news is really interesting for for three reasons. And first is that it speaks to the potential for Japanese anime IP in the Western market. Um, We've already seen some games like Dragon Ball Z, Dokkan Battle, Naruto, Ultimate Ninja Blazing. Um, Last week, we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. And so, like, we are starting to see, like, Japanese anime do extremely well. Secondly, um, we don't typically see a lot of mashup IPs. Um, certainly there's like Disney, Tsum Tsum, and Emoji Blitz as examples. But um, I personally haven't seen a lot of these mashup IPs and would love to see more of them um, in, 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 in the industry. And finally, I think this also speaks to the potential for more twitchy action-based games in the Western market. 
Um, are we going to see a higher acceptance of higher micro games, which have certainly done well in China when, when we see like MOBAs and FPS? Um, we've seen Fortnite do well everywhere, including the Western market, but I, I'm, I'm definitely very interested to see how higher micro games do here in the Western market um, as well. So I don't know. What, what do you think, Mishka? The first, the the one thing that doesn't go out of my mind where I'm thinking about is like, how are they going to do it? Because I'm just thinking about the server lag and, and I'm thinking <laughs> about like four players fighting simultaneously, super Twitch based. Um, I guess uh, I'm, my head is just, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know a lot about server architecture, but I'm just like, hmm, I wonder how they're going to do this. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's definitely something very interesting. And, and a lot of a lot of companies have always tried to kind of replicate the um you know the super smash bros since it is a right indie it's not an indie hit what do you what what would you call it it's it's um it's like a cult classic right yes yes and (laughs) and certainly still one of the most popular games on you know on on the console space at least casual console games yeah yeah so so in that sense it's it's very interesting and especially how are they gonna how are they gonna add monetization to that game because that right. game was was a premium game, so there's a lot of uh, there's like two how question marks, which uh-huh. is you know technically how, and then very interestingly, like how are you going to monetize it? Is it going to be hats and skins and whatnot? But but as you as as you pointed out, the uh, these games like Dragon Ball Z's and you know Naruto Ultimate, Ninja Blazing and and whatnot, these games that I've never played, Yu Gi Oh Duel Links. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest Japanese games fan, to be honest. But, <laughs> like, you will never catch me playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> so, oh, okay. But, <laughs> but anyways, uh, it sounds like like it, it sounds very interesting. It's it sounds um it sounds very interesting and and new, which is the best thing about it because nobody has really done a game like this, and that is the most uh, interesting thing that comes in my right. mind. Yeah, and I, I think I totally agree with you in the sense that I think the the, the macro or the high level opportunity space is is really really attractive, but it really is about that execution. Are they going to be able to like technically pull it off? Are they going to be able to make it fun? Are they going to be able to monetize it? Mm-hmm. You know, monetize a twitchy game in 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 you know in in a similar way that um, that Fortnite has done. Um, and, but yeah, so it'll be really, really interesting to see. I really do hope they bring it to the U.S. And um, I personally have a lot of ideas on how to how to make a game like this work. So um, it'll be a good sort of prototype for me to see to uh, to try and think about a game in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, and you worked for a Japanese company before, so so that's that's yeah. your forte. <laughs> well, I will say one other thing of note too is that when you look at the J- Japanese companies like you know Bandai Namco with like Dragon Ball or, or or you know with Naruto, one of the things that we've seen is that these Japanese companies also don't really spend a lot of money on UA, and so these games that are doing well, you can imagine, have actually. Lot higher margins than a typical Western IP-based mobile game, so uh, I, I do think that you know if if Japanese anime starts to do um, better and gain more traction in the Western market, that it certainly uh, uh, you know uh, speaks to a, a big opportunity and big boon for Japanese companies. Yeah, for sure. monetization is is their forte. I, I was just seeing the 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 headline is Nintendo's Fire Emblem Heroes has generated. 400 million in revenue i don't know how, how long the game has been live it has probably like thirty thousand downloads but right. but yeah they, they've 
for sure they know that. So I wouldn't be that worried about about the uh, the monetization aspect. I'm, I'm more curious because that they're they're ahead of the game when it comes to that. All right. So should we jump to the next one? So Apple features Super Evil's Vainglory in their Unleashed video. Um, yeah. Mishka, maybe you could uh, break this down for us. So so this is like my question to you is what is the ROI of these partnerships and when does sort of a conviction turn into stubbornness? So that's my underlying question. I'll, I'm going to, again, shoot some data towards you and I'm going to bundle this news to, to another news that, that is coming out of super evil. I don't know if it's, if it's like official official, I've seen it uh, circulating in social media. So if the, if the people are posting it in social media, I guess it's official. Uh, and that is that the Vainglory is coming also to Mac OS and Windows PC. Wow. So, 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 uh, so they're going for the, the, the Mac part kind of surprises me just because, you know, the, the data out there in terms of, um, Mac based games, it seems the market's pretty small, but, uh, yeah, mo- well, moving to PC makes sense. Exactly. So, so. Four years ago when this game launched, almost, it's not quite, uh, maybe it's four. It's almost four years ago when Vain, when Vainglory launched. Uh, I did an analysis of it on Deconstructor of Fun and I wrote that if Vainglory doesn't make it, no one will. I was really wrong <laughs> since <laughs> mobile, looking at later, Mobile Legends definitely made it and <laughs> Arena of Valor for sure made it. <laughs> but but anyways, uh, in summary, I made the case that the game is is a technical masterpiece that will likely have very limited audience. It just felt too hardcore for the general mid-core audience and far too simple for mobile players. Also, there was a, you know, the whole underlying reason when that game kind of got funded and what was interesting about it is that they were bringing an accessible um, an accessible League of Legends, basically. League of Legends for touchscreen devices. That's the whole thing. Right. So they were right. bringing accessible mobile, and the whole accessibility came in the form of device, and that, that device was iPad. Well, right. you know, iPad never actually became, a, you know, it became a big thing, but then kind of withered because the phone size increased. So in the end, this was a game designed for high-end iOS devices with Metal as, as their proprietary um, enabler. But... You know, iOS devices with metal in it four years ago were—it's super expensive. It's, it's as expensive of, as PC, and if, if not even more. So that's not kind of the case that you're making something more accessible because you're making it on a highly expensive device, and the design is not as simple. Anyway, I just want to tout that the team has built what they've set out to build, and that is amazing. And they built a League of Legends for touchscreen de- devices. You know, in my opinion, from technical standpoints. But the game really never took off, and it's really not lack of trying. Because at the time when they launched, you know, they, it was a graveyard of few failed MOBAs like Fates Forever, who then became Discord. You know, that was an amazing pivot. There was Solstice Arena from Zynga and some other ones. Um, when they launched, they received a phenomenal push from Apple. Um, when they launched on Android, about six months or eight months or nine months later, they, they got a big push from that. Uh, they pivoted from iPhones to from from tablet first to iPhones. They've added pay to progress mechanics where they went when they went from from kind of like the typical. They added more game modes where you can, you know, sort of a clash royale game mode. They added five v five to get feature parity with with Mobile Legends and and, and Arena of Valor. They added virtual joystick, which they refused to add for a very long time. But then since those games start making. They added it. They they set up partnerships with Amazon, with Twitch, with Samsung, 
you name it. They had esport events around the world, and they even launched in China with Giant. Yet, when you look at the numbers, the game hasn't grown as expected. In fact, today's revenue is roughly this at the same level, roughly at the same level as in late 2015 when the game launched on Android, when it kind of became, wow. you know, a, a big one. Wh- so, when did they push into China? Uh, in China, yeah. I think it was a couple of years ago, and it and it just didn't take off. So, so you can kind of say that well, it's it's due to the market that that people just don't like mobas on 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 touchscreen devices, but that's not true. You know, since then the Honor of Kings, you know, makes ninety times more revenue than Vainglory, and even Mobile Legends, which is big in APAC, because Mobile Legends strategy is sort of a they they launched one year later than Honor of Kings. Or Arena Valor. And instead of going in China, they kind of targeted APAC countries. So, you know, Malaysia, Singapore, and and you name it, Indonesia, and they kind of targeted those. And that game is, you know, I said, as I said in Clash Royale, it's, it's being highly streamed, but it also generates eight times more revenues than than um than Vainglory and far more installs naturally because it's kind of in those uh, cheaper uh, CPI countries. So so you know that that's what I'm kind of asking is like when you know, they've kind of jumped on all the hype trains. There were the iPad game, there were the touchscreen game, there were the first esports for touchscreen, there were the community first, um, you know, company, then they then they became feature parody with the big boys. Uh, now they're a first cross-platform MOBA. And I, I just assume that the next thing for them will be that they will add AR mode, a VR mode, and location-based <laughs> mode. Because, but, yeah. but it's, it's just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to joke around them because it is a, it's a phenomenal team and it's a phenomenal product. It just doesn't hit the market. And at what point do you stop? Because you're still investing a lot of resources in, in you know, bringing it to different platforms and, and working on these ads and kind of like, you know, playing ball with Apple, playing ball with, with Amazon. Uh, at the same time, your game is not growing. It's not growing in four years. So, so when is the time when you actually make a new game? Because your team is phenomenal. Your proprietary engine is phenomenal. You can right. do an amazing game. So yeah, it feels like I mean, my my own take on this is that you know, the it feels like the mistake that was made was more around geographic focus, right? Like they could have been first to market in China, um, and uh, if they would have really focused on that market where higher where high twitch more micro based games are doing a lot better mm-hmm. um because to some you know to a large degree I, I think you were you were right in terms of the western market as as far as mobas are concerned um but uh you know but then you know when you're when you're battling Tencent in honor of kings and and you know sort of, sort of games that that then entered the market and and then cap be, be, capture the chinese market because the product market fit for that geography was certainly much stronger than it was for the west that mm. i don't know yeah may, maybe you're right maybe it is too late at this point to to like build out that market when everyone's playing i would i, I get what you're saying but i would i would disagree and i would just say that okay. the product wasn't there because oh, it wasn't there okay yeah the product was made before honor of kings was was even a thought i mean maybe it was a thought maybe the production time was a little longer but even when you look at mobile legends uh, that game came in i think in late 2000 2016, late 2016. That, that's when the game came out. And if you look at the revenue numbers, like I tried to look at, at Vainglory's revenue numbers, where the revenue is coming from. For sure, US is the biggest market for them with 30% of the revenue coming from US. But everything else is coming from 
from Asia Pacific and and Russia and so forth. So they have been right. I, I guess yeah. What I'm saying is like I I, I feel like well, and Moonton is is like a you know Chinese or Singaporean or mm-hmm. it's an APAC con- um, company, right? Yes. So like, yeah. I, I'm I'm just wondering if if they would have tried to like really focus on that market earlier and understand how to serve that market, maybe they would have been more successful. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They 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 should have, but but then again, that game didn't have a virtual joysticks. It was very different uh, in terms of progression than than Moonton's game, and and you know, Vainglory the, the team really clearly loves um league of legends and they're trying to kind of keep true to the um to the design of, of that game of I course they, they've added a lot of new things but moonton is aggressive in terms of monetization <laughs> like they don't play fair that's what i you know in other ways what i mean is like you know super villain has been really nice and then and they've shot themselves in the leg with the pricing which was just outrageously low when they started they i think they right. they were selling characters in the beginning for like three dollars a pop and then, you know, so when- I, guess, I guess your your point is they sh- it wasn't just about them focusing on the Asian geography, but also they needed to understand those markets better and to adapt the game better if, if they were to shift to like focusing on China, for example. Yeah, my point is just it, it's like it's my, my point is, is more like, you know, if, if something is not growing and you're investing year after year <laughs> after year. You know, right. uh, like it becomes stubbornness. That's that's what it right. means. And then, right. and at the same time, we know that that the resources that made this game, the people that made these games, are really, really good and really, really talented. So, so you know, like all these hype trains come in, and always, you know, Super Evil Mega Corp is behind every other hype train that, that comes in. You know, whether it is esports or or whether it is you know MOBAs or whether it is. Um, competitive gaming, whatever you know, streamers, communities—they're they're always in there. But but the fact is that the game is not growing, and it's kind of sad. Like honestly, this is when when I wrote this piece like four years ago, I said that the company reminded me of Supercell, and it reminded me in the sense that Supercell did their Gunshine game long, long, long time ago, and people probably you know already forgot. And that game was technically really great, but as a product, as a free-to-play game, it did not succeed. And the company pivoted and they pivoted hard and they changed their direction and they went hard on mobile and they changed their art style, you know, everything changed and they, and they, you know, became successful because the people were so good. Um, And I kind of expected that Super Evil Megacorp would have done it, but, you know, four years have passed and they're still investing and still, you know, working with Apple on these, you know, ads that don't even save Anglory at any point in the end. It could be, you know, any game. And I'm looking at the numbers. I don't see any effect from that ad. You know, it's not only that ad. It's just like, how long do you invest before you divest and start? Right. Okay. So, Mishka, let me present you with three options for Super Evil Megacorp with, with, with respect to Vainglory. Option A, focus on the PC gaming market. Option B, Vainglory Royale Fortnite. Or option C, just make another game. Just just like scrap everything and start start on something new. Dude, they already we- added Battle Pass, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. Well, but like I'm not, like I'm not, saying Battle Royale, right? Yeah. Like Bing, Bing Glory, hundred 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 characters drop in, and one yeah. comes out. No, uh, I would say that's a, that's a new game. That's a new game. Just just make a new okay. game. Like I, right. I think whatever they make next is is great. I think I think that you know I. I I know the people there and, and they are really, really good. And that's kind of the frustration that, that comes from me is like, how come 
how come they're not doing something new? Because they have the chops for it. They have more than that. So they're one of the best teams in, in the world. And and that, that's that's kind of like my frustration out of it. It's just seeing the potential, but not seeing that potential uh, being put to work on something that, it, that has a potential to grow. Got it. Okay, should we hit our last uh, article? Yes. I mean, we're 30 minutes in, but let's hit this last. <laughs> let's do it. So I'll give a brief article, uh, a brief sort of summary of the articles, but this one is that Battle Royale hit Fortnite may bypass Google Play for Android release. And and basically the, the, the news here is that there are reports from several sources that are, are stating that Fortnite is set to come to Android this summer, but it may actually launch outside of the Google Play Store, which is, you know, huge news. Um, and I think uh, XDA initially reported that um, they believe that Fortnite is going to be an exclusive on Samsung Galaxy Note 9 for, for at least the first 30 days and that this will be announced at Samsung Unpack 2018. And part of the, um, you know, um, the way that they found this out is that there was um, hidden inside the source of the Fortnite mobile page instructions on how to bypass Google Play. So, um, you know, this potentially huge news, but Mishka, what, what's, what's your take on this? I think it's fake news. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, I mean, I, I get that there's there's some 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 ways to install the game bypassing Google Play. I mean, we we all get the Google Android builds with, without the Google Play, so that, that that's not the case. Um, launching on samsung galaxy note 9 like why would epic do it like how much would they, would they have to pay epic to to do yeah but I, I think it's for 30 days right so, yeah, so but, i think it's but even that like how much how much does samsung pay epic for th- a, a lot of money <laughs> a lot <laughs> but then again like how much money does epic need they're getting a lot of money like they're earning like whatever samsung would say like That's samsung, true. samsung could say Hey, can we get uh, exclusivity uh, for thirty million dollars? And that's you know, and Epic would be like, I don't know, we make like hundred a month. So, mm-hmm. so what's the point? Like, why would we force somebody to buy a phone that potentially could explode? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying the Samsung Galaxy Note Nine explodes, but the uh, the previous version, I believe, was exploding. So, so yeah, and. Like I, I don't, I don't see the point in here. And and if 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 Fortnite hadn't had launched on iOS, I would say this might be somewhat true. But since they are ready to launch on iOS, since they're already you know happily or unhappily pl- paying that thirty percent of revenue <laughs> to to the platform, I don't think that they will screw over uh, Google by by doing something like this. It, it would be it would be just just insane. So, so I would I would say that I I don't see the case in here. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's some, some biz dev guy who's just amazing at his job did a deal and and somehow it went through and they're launching on Samsung Galaxy Note exclusively for thirty days. But but um, I would love to see what what the value of that contract is. Yeah. So from my side, I actually think that it might be true, and the reason why I think that is because you know first of all, I I, I think um, Epic is is always you know, it seems like they, they, they are comfortable with like really high, you know, sort of min spec requirements. Um, and that, um, I kind of feel like, you know, for them to like launch on a high end phone initially, 
sort of makes sense. And then if you view it as a soft launch on Android, right? Mm -hmm. So like they're getting paid to just like soft launch on Note 9 for 30 days, kind of like kick the tires on Android and then release more broadly then, you know, so, so from the perspective of like, Hey, we're getting paid to do an Android soft launch. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get the point. I'm just, I just know, you know, when a company is getting gazillion dollars a day, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like whatever deal yeah, so the, somebody comes Right. Right. In, That's true. Like, That's yeah. True. If, 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 and Samsung won't, you know, they won't probably pay $10 million for it. Would they pay? They might. But they it, might, they, but that would sound crazy, you know. For thirty days, or uh, you would pay ten million dollars and like get Note Nine, and you can play Fortnite. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I, I just still don't. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I I you know, I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> I've, been, I've been wrong so so often. I just like to make a prediction <laughs> because if you don't make a prediction, it's just not fun. So I'm I'm happily to see to to be wrong on this. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think I was I was wrong just on the the initial success of Fortnite on mobile. I just I felt like the system requirements were so high that it would limit the audience, and I, I was definitely wrong on that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, definitely like all all credit to 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 Epic and for 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 you know for all the success that they've had. So I think we hit all our news and what we want uh, the listeners you the listeners to to give us a comment on what do you think about about uh, our analysis of the news like do you think that the uh, the, the battle royale um hit fortnite launching on google bypassing google play is that is that real thing or fake news what do you think about super evil megacorp and you know still continuing to invest in vainglory what do you think about konami super smash bro is that going to be a super smash hit and also what do you think about clash royale will it is it is it you know is it de- on all the games are sort of all in decline at, at some point but do you think that the decline will continue or do you think it will stabilize so those are those are the kind of four points we made and we'd love to hear your feedback as well sounds good all right so until next week until twig four uh i will see you all later all right talk to you later jk okay. have a good one everybody bye, bye. Hey, and welcome to the This Week in Games, a podcast series from the fine people of Deconstructor of Fun. The concept of this podcast is simple. Your hosts are Joseph Kim and myself, Mishka Katkov. The goal of this podcast is to highlight and deconstruct a few of the most relevant news in games. Most importantly, we promise to aim to keep these podcast series episodes short. So hit us up on Twitter to let us know which news topics you want us to talk about and hit the subscribe button to hear us deconstructing the latest news. Enjoy.